September jobs numbers miss big. U.S. crude grinds higher. Tesla relocates. And COVID-19 numbers are rapidly declining. This is the Running With The Money Briefing. Let's get into it. And we are back and welcome to the Running With The Money Briefing. I'm your host, Luke Donay. This is three days a week, every single Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We are bringing you the biggest headlines, biggest analyst calls, and how they are affecting the market today. So what in the world is going on? Currently, Dow Jones down nine uh, points. We have the S&P 500 down five points, and we have the NASDAQ down 55 points. We take a look at yields, especially that U.S. 10-year Treasury yield, and that is moving to the upside at one point today, it touched a high of 1.617%. That moving higher just over the past 48 hours. Meanwhile, tech was actually outperforming it. Wasn't moving to the downside on those big upside yield moves. Very interesting price action there. Um, the opposite of what we typically have been seeing. Um, and then you take a look at energy and oil. Oil today, um, breaking $80 per barrel. It's pulled back some. It's currently up 1%. WTI crude sitting at 7 Um, But at one point, it was all the way up over 80 today, and the expectation is that that grinds higher. Now, getting into the biggest headline of the day, that is the September jobs report that missed big time. uh, Non-farm payrolls increased by only 194,000 in September, and the estimate was 500,000. So a big time miss on non-farm payrolls. Not good stuff. Um, On the bright side, you could say unemployment on that rate dropped to 4.8%. That's better than the 5.1% that was expected. And really, um, the big time hit on non-farm payrolls was a 123,000 decline in government payrolls. Not good stuff there. Um, So what are all the analysts saying about this? And before uh, we shift into that analyst opinion, it's important to note that the leader of job creation um, in the September report was the leisure and hospitality uh, segment. Again, creating a 74,000 positions um, and an unemployment uh, rate for that sector dropped to 7.7% from 9.1%. So there's some improvement here. Um, average hourly earnings increased by 4.6% year over year. That met expectations. And then average hourly earnings increased by 0.6% month over month. And that was better than the 0.4% expected. So big time negative on the front headline. Um, but really, you really dig into it. And average hourly earnings did improve some. So I guess that's a slight positive as well as those unemployment rates. Now, shifting into some analyst opinion, some firm opinion here. Uh, According to Zero Hedge, Goldman Sachs responded to the week report this morning saying, quote, we don't believe the combination of a Delta related jobs miss and stronger than expected unemployment and wage data will impact the Fed's tapering announcement, which we continue to expect at the November meeting. Now, we got a lot of other opinions, great opinions. Um, Jim O'Sullivan, chief U.S. macro strategist over at TD Security said, quote, In short, not as disappointing as suggested by the 194,000 headline number, while the rate of increase in employment has slowed relative to earlier in the summer, likely due in part at least to fallout from the latest COVID-19 wave, the pace is likely still sufficient for Fed officials to follow through on plans to announce tapering in November at the FOMC meeting. And that was Jim O'Sullivan, chief U.S. macro strategist. So both Goldman Sachs, 
And TD Securities noting here after this September jobs report that in all likelihood, the Fed will still taper. Um, and then we go over uh, to a professor from Boston College, um, Brian Butane. He went on to say, quote, while the FOMC is expected to move forward with tapering at the end of 2021, the path for 2022 is murkier as the Fed attempts to balance conflicting objectives of price stability and full employment. For the Biden administration, this is an emerging emergency situation which requires a top-tier forceful policy pivot to address a broad range of issues on the supply side of the economy and that was out of Boston College's professor Brian Butane. And then the final opinion we have on this is Lydia Bolasor, economist at Oxford Economics saying quote the low bar of the Fed to announce QE tapering was surpassed and with debt ceiling shenanigans pushed back until December 3rd the road is clear for an announcement at the November FOMC meeting. By the way, um, a few of these quotes were pulled uh, from Market Watch. So props to Market Watch for getting quite a bit of opinion on this report. So jobs report, September, not the best, definitely depressing here. And maybe that's why you're seeing some of this downside action here in the markets. Um, very choppy day of the day in so far, um, just up and down, really no direction to the markets today. Now, U.S. crude is grinding higher. We have this major energy crisis on a global basis. If you take a look, you have China today ordering miners to ramp up coal production. They're having their energy crisis of their own. They're having outages, full energy outages over in China. Indian states now are suffering power cuts due to a lack of coal supply. You take a look at European gas prices and they continue to fly higher. In fact, prices on Friday stood at an equivalent crude oil price of $200 per barrel, according to Reuters, over in Europe. And they went on to say, we have AZN commodities analyst here noting, quote, an acceleration in gas to oil switching could boost crude oil demand used to generate power this coming uh, northern hemisphere winter. So really, the argument here and ANZ predicting in its 2021 fourth quarter crude oil demand forecast of 450,000 barrels per day is going to be the new demand. Um, out of basically the northern hemisphere here out uh, of this winter that's upcoming so we're we have a shortage of oil um globally well not really necessarily oil but really of all energy there's an energy uh bottleneck in essence you could put it in there is an energy crisis globally and we're going in to winter in the northern hemisphere where, where typically you see this demand ramp up um so people are starting to get worried that starting this uh cause prices, especially in the United States, of uh, crude oil to move higher. In fact, West Texas Intermediate Crude Futures topped $80 per barrel on Friday for the first time since 2014, which we just talked about at the top of the show. Oil is up more than 60% for the year of 2021, um, and you're starting to see demand uh, increase in supply tighten. And par partially, this demand increase is also coming from the reopening of not only the United States, but the world um, as a whole. You know, the world is finally starting to open back up from this pandemic. People want to get out more. They want to travel more, etc. And that is also driving up demand when already supply of energy fuels is on the down low is, you know, basically declining. And then you have this whole clean energy movement, all this policy against these fossil fuel companies. Um, and really, that's also creating some issues as well. So there's a lot of things working in the way here um, of fixing this 
energy conflict that we have globally here. And then also um, out of, we got some opinion here. The Department of Energy said Thursday that it has no immediate plans uh, to take action, um, basically to fix these price increases in crude oil. Um, There was rumors that the U.S. was going to tap into reserves that has been mentioned, but the U.S. government basically saying here that there are no plans to actually do that as of yet. Um, And then we have John Kilduff, a partner at Again Capital per CNBC, saying, quote, the $80 print became inevitable, quote, despite the rise in U.S. crude oil inventories in this week's report, the global markets remain tight and in a supply deficit unless and until OPEC plus acts to meaningfully increase supplies, prices will grind higher. Um, And that's pretty much the consensus across the board when it comes to energy, energy prices, energy names, oil names, crude oil names specifically continuing to move to the upside here in U.S. markets. And then shifting into more company specific news, we have Tesla reloading, relocating their headquarters um, from Palo Alto, California to Austin, Texas is coming out yesterday at uh, Tesla's 2021 annual shareholder meeting. Big stuff here. Um, And Elon Musk did say, quote, to be clear, we will be continuing to expand our activities in California. Our intention is to increase output from Fremont, California and Giga, Nevada by 50%. If you go to our Fremont factory, it's jammed. It's tough for people to afford houses and people to have to come in from far away. There's a limit to how big you can scale in the Bay Area. So pretty much here, um, Tesla and Elon Musk moving their headquarters to Austin, Texas. Um, And they're basically saying they're going to ramp up production across the board. In fact, uh, Elon Musk did note that it is going to take time to scale that Austin factory. For instance, uh, Tesla Shanghai plant was built within 11 months, but according to CNBC, it took years to reach high volume production. So that is something to note. Um, Definitely some interesting stuff coming out of Tesla. If you're more interested in some of the tech stuff that came out of Tesla yesterday, I recommend doing some research on this 2021 annual shareholder meeting. A lot of great stuff came out of it over at Tesla. And then shifting into the biggest analyst calls of the day, we have Loop downgrading Home Depot and Lowe's to hold from buy. Wow, that's a big call there. Downgrading both Home Depot and Lowe's. You're probably wondering what on. They went on to say, quote, we are lowering our ratings from buy the hold on the home centers as we think supply chain issues represent a significant risk and believe we may see persistent inflation push the Fed towards a rate increase within the 12-month time horizon. Are you starting to catch on to what the theme here is today? Everyone's saying that the Fed is going to need to act early than expected. The taper is coming earlier than expected. Very interesting opinion coming out across the board, both individual company basis and just overall market basis. Analysts are starting to fear um, that the Fed is going to have to taper quicker, it does seem. And then JP Morgan reiterating Caterpillar as overweight, a great infrastructure play, saying, quote, on the other hand, while Cap faces cyclical headwinds from lower, lower global GDP growth, its end markets do not face structural challenges and As a result, we believe it can deliver significantly higher earnings and free cash flow growth over the next five years. 
Caterpillar getting some love from J.P. Morgan today. And then Credit Suisse reiterating General Motors has outperformed this comes after that big two-day event they had earlier in the week outlining the next decade for GM. Credit Suisse saying here, quote, while we've heard pitches in the past from GM on why we should think differently about them, GM's Investor Day this week was arguably the most aggressive presentation they provided trying to change perception. GM's trying to change basically the view of the company. Um, They want to look more like a Tesla instead of a legacy automaker. Very interesting stuff coming out on that analyst call. And then Canaccord raised the price target on Tesla, speaking of automakers, to $940 per share from $768 a share, saying, quote, we see upside to the stock based on a strong delivery numbers and increased gross margin from Model S and made in China Model 3 and Y. Being so close to the quarterly report, we are increasing our multiple to represent our sentiment on Tesla going into the quarter and we'll update our model afterwards. Interesting call by Canaccord bullish on Tesla. And then JP Morgan upgrading the rails, upgrading Union Pacific to overweight from neutral and adding Norfolk Southern to its focus list saying, quote, we upgrade UNP to overweight with a $247 December 22 target on the pullback as network operations recently stabilized rail dwell time at the port of LA continues improving and fuel economy gains can potentially boost or operating revenue by plus 100 basis points while bolstering the ESG story. NSC moves back to the analyst focus list after a six-month absence as expectations appear more reasonable and positioning isn't as crowded. JP Morgan seeming to like the rails here um, going forward. And then Bank of America reiterating its fellow bank, JP Morgan, as a buy, saying, quote, while historically the stock has tended to sell off post earnings, we believe that JPM still offers an attractive risk reward. Importantly, the market appears willing to look past JPM's premium valuation and add exposure to the stock, given optionality to higher interest rates, to rebounding credit card balances, and the potential for continued momentum in the capital markets. Interesting call out of Bank of America on JP Morgan. And then shifting into this COVID case headline, cases have been declining over the past few weeks, and this is great for the reopening of not only the United States, but the world. You look specifically at the United States, and it's been declining since that peak of about 172,500 average daily infections, and that was on September 13th. In fact, today was the first day that daily new cases or daily cases have dropped below 100,000 since August. Great stuff there. And then according to CNBC, about 69,000 Americans are currently in the hospital with COVID down from 104,000 on September 1st. And their source was the Health and Human Services. So very interesting stuff on these COVID numbers. Great news actually um, that these COVID numbers are continuing to decline into the cold season. Um, So just something to pay attention to there when it comes to COVID cases. You could see some positive price action. Do these COVID cases and names such as Airbnb, the airlines, the cruise lines, etc., the reopening, the travel names. But that is the end of the briefing for the day. Thank you for listening, and we will be back on Monday once again to go over the biggest headlines, how they affect the market, some big-time analyst calls, and really whatever we need to talk about, whatever's affecting the markets on Monday. Thank you for listening. Easily Profit Trade On. And by the way, follow me at Luke Tone on Twitter. Leave any feedback on Twitter as well. What do you think about the show? What changes would you like to see? I care about you, and I really want to deliver the best possible content that we can here to you on the daily. Thank you for listening. Eastly Profit Trade On, and I will see you on Monday.